Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's um, shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's, that's about it. This is Soundtrack. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Soundtrack. And today we have burst through the 80s. Yep. We have entered a new realm. It's new territory new for territory us. New territory for us. I don't know. Us. Are we going to be able to handle this? I don't know. This we're, is out of our comfort zone. We're well out of our comfort zone. It may only be a few years. I mean, the movie we're doing today came out mid-90s. 94. It's 94. So, you know, that's, that's only five years from the 80s. I know. Uh, Although at but, the time it didn't feel like... 80s at all. The 90s were a very different time. They were. They were. When I think back to the 90s, which we now know was... We can do that. We can do that. And we know that 1990 was now 30 years ago. <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> which feels like it was about 10 years ago. But anyway, that's fine. Don't worry about that. We're sharing a nice whiskey together actually mm. today. We're, we're doing the podcast together as we've done, as we did the last time. Um, and I think this is the way we're probably going to do it moving forward. I think it's better that we're together. It gives us an excuse to see each other, and it's Absolutely. fantastic. There's always a game um, of tennis or a game always, of golf Always involved. something that can, we can get involved. We watched a bit of footy this afternoon, and mm. last time we, it was 11 o'clock, breakfast time or brunch time or whatever, early lunch time, whatever, uh, but now we've actually got a, some alcohol. A little afternoon some whiskey, whiskey. Just to... Uh, just to kind of, you I'm know, feeling, I'm loving just it. Just to loosen things up. It's more relaxed with each other. Absolutely. We don't know each other well, so we need to be relaxed as exactly. much as we can. Ease the tension, baby. That's just ease the That's tension. <laughs> so, 1994, this movie, a um, bit of Michael Gauchy trivia, mm-hmm. first time I've ever used my full name on the, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first film, actually, the first anything that I watched on Foxtel. Really? Yes. So now, Victor and Marie are invested in, in Foxtel. Do you remember the year that they got Foxtel? Because I remember when I got Foxtel. Okay. No, I don't remember the year. I, well, I got it in 1997. I, remember. I don't think I'd be too far off that. Yeah. And I remember I, I, remember I had braces. <laughs> Why do you remember that specifically? <laughs> uh, I remember that specifically because I was in so much pain. I, used to, I was a big wuss, which I still right. am. And I used to... <laughs> And it used to, when they used to tighten Tighten the braces, I was in a lot of pain. And and I think mum's sweetener was, well, if you're going to be on the couch crying because of the pain, (laughs) I will get you some TV, some some proper TV. (laughs) So I remember, so that's how I remember the first Foxtel. But this is the first movie you saw on it. It's the first anything. First anything that you saw on it. I remember because Victor was never one for being ahead of uh, the technology curve. Mm. It was quite unusual for him to go out and get Foxtel. Yes, it was pretty early days. I don't. That doesn't resonate with me for you, like that. You have picked that up from him. Yeah. Oh. Te- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That sounds. That you sounds odd. It, and when you get older, you find how much how close you are to your parents. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so he decided to go and get Foxtel, and it was literally the first thing that I turned on. Yep. And. Um, I watched it all the way through and it was at that point ridiculous that I was watching a Hollywood movie 
when I wanted. Yes. You know, at your fingertips. Inserting a disc yes. at my fingertips. Yes. So that was the, yes. Yeah. And they played it for ages. I remember it was it would have viewable been, on Foxtel for like three years. It would have been very popular, especially that time, because I'm assuming that it was around the same time. I think it was about late, 96, late 90s. Late 90s. Early high school for us. <laughs> yep. Um, and yes, so that time it would have been very popular. So I'm not surprised they ran it a lot. But there you go. That's very. I like that piece of trivia. Bit of a bit of a connection, a bit of a personal connection. You know, we have the personal touch sometimes with the fans. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, other connections to this movie to one of our favourite movies, okay. Back to the Future. Okay. Both directed by who? Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Zemeckis directed this film too. Very good. And the and, score. Yes. Alan Silvestri. Very it was good. also Back to the Future. Absolutely. I saw that in my research, my extensive research for this episode. And Sylvestri, um, it's interesting the different uh, movies that he's done. He's done some intense action movies. He did Predator as well. I love the Predator. Zemeckis. Soundtrack. No, Sylvestri, sorry. Oh, Sil- oh Sylvestri, yeah. sorry. Sylvestri's got a good range. Yes. Because Forrest Gump's more of a, well, it's more of a, um, well, you'd have to say classic Classic, romantic, his, almost historical fiction and whereas, love story, and yeah, love, whole, love, yeah. love thing. It's whereas a whole predator is just yeah, really warfare. Well, look, we we knew we knew Sylvester's range already, mm. didn't we? Because mm. we we see all of it in Back to the Future, and that's because Back to the Future has everything that you would want in a movie. And so he'd need to write for any possible scenario. Mm. And that's why we love it so much. But we're not here to talk about that, are we? No, we're not. We should stop talking we about should, that. We, we, we're not. We're We've still done getting that. lost in We've the done that. If you haven't listened, go back to the first episode of Soundtrack. <laughs> Make sure you check out Back to the Future because it is a fantastic episode. The clarity is not as good as when we're together at the moment, as you might notice. But, uh, you know, we're moving with the technology. We're, we're getting up there. We've got Foxtel now. So a few other f- um, movie uh, facts. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks wasn't the first choice to play the role. Oh, I was interested to very know familiar. who it was. This, this seems to happen a lot with movies. I think this must be just a movie thing. Yeah, and, and the actor that ends up playing the role is not first or second choice. But it's rare that they go, this is who we want and this yeah. is what, who we got. Every now and then you hear that it was written for this particular actor and it yeah. happens, but it's Although in saying that, and I don't want to keep coming back, but I think Back to the Future, they Michael J. Fox was always number one. But they couldn't get that, him. They couldn't get him. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Anyway, yeah. we won't. again, we won't digress. But I was surprised to know who, who the writer... Um, so Winston Groom wrote mm-hmm. this um, uh, piece, novel, yes. um, script, mm-hmm. and it was sold to Hollywood. Funny story about that later, but they promised him um, percentages of the profit. And though, even though the movie made lots of money, they claimed they never made any profit, so he didn't make much out of it. <laughs> so he, yeah, he, he's, he's still burning. Oh, wow. Um, but Winston Groom had actually envisioned John Goodman. As John, Forrest Gump. John Goodman. Yeah. From, that is from as Roseanne far fame. From Roseanne fame. That, that yeah. is as far a leap as you can almost make. Yeah. Tom Hanks and John Goodman. I know. Chalk and cheese. The other, yeah, ar- yeah, the other actors that they also had in mind before Tom Hanks was Bill Murray and Chevy Chase, which I suppose would make it a more of a comedic um, sort of Surely, slant. especially mid-90s, like the success that they had in the late 80s with comedies. Mm. To then go into early to mid nineties as quite, I mean, it is it's comedic at times the movie, but it's certainly quite serious, serious. Well and touches on a lot of serious issues. I wonder what that would have done for Chevy Chase's career if he played it, because Chevy Chase never really. A lot of um, comedians like Bill Murray got into serious um, roles. You yes. know, he played that um, Lost in Translation. Yes, yes. Bill Murray was in. Um, 
What else was Bill Murray in? I mean, Groundhog Day is a comedy, but Ghost also Busters. has a serious <laughs> note to it. <laughs> well, see, Groundhog Day, yeah, that's a sort of film that has a soft center and a message as well. More mm. comedic than mm. Forrest Gump, though. Yes. But yes. Chevy Chase, I wonder if he played that role if you would have had a second a second wind, wind in, in a different genre. Because Tom Hanks, don't forget, Tom Hanks. That's true. What was he in 94, mate? He, well, I don't know whether he'd done anything serious yet, had he? Well, when, well, no. An- yeah. Animal House and other, it was yeah. a lot of. A he lot was of, just, yeah, he was a comedian. He was right? a bit of a larrikin. So imagine if that okay. had, it, might, it might have done the same thing with Jimmy Chase. Yeah, true. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I'm trying fair to enough. think when Philadelphia was. Philadelphia was before. Was it uh, after Forrest Gump or before? I think it was before. Can I think we it, I think it was right nine. My, in my head, I'm thinking '93. Yeah, but because I may F- be Philadelphia very was an amazing movie. If you want some more Michael Gatchy trivia, it's also the only movie I've ever cried in. The only movie you've ever cried in. Yes, I said '93. It was '93. It was '93. Philadelphia yeah. came yeah. out. So there you go. Um, the only movie you've cried in. Well, actually, at the time, sorry, I've been out cried in two movies. You've now cried in two movies. Philadelphia? Yes. And Up. Wow. Wow. Like wept. Wow. I, I, oh, you mean proper cry. Proper cry. I mean, you're the little watery eyes. A little different. watery eyes different, like but properly. I, yeah. I, I was hungover watching Philadelphia. <laughs> so you're already weak. I was already uh, <laughs> suffering from mental health issues. Not that crying is a weakness. No, no, no. No. no it's not a weakness No, no. Uh, fragile, you should maybe say. Fragile. Fragile. Um, and uh, I'd had a big night out and mm. I was watching Philadelphia on my couch at Belinda's house. This is when we were just dating. Mm-hmm. And her family were around. They weren't like in the room, thankfully. But when the scene was that they're playing his home video when he was a kid at his funeral. I'm not sure if you've seen Philadelphia recently. Oh, Philadelphia. I thought you were talking about Up. I was like, oh, no, what's sorry. getting serious Up's later. <laughs> Up's later is with Belinda as well. But the cinema. That's just straight up. up sad. That No, not hungover. No. Just... That Drunk. scene at the beginning Drunk. is the one that got me. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah, right. Yes, yeah. But with Philadelphia, when that scene is at, in, at the funeral, I just, I like wow. just burst out just crying, lost it. and Belinda had no idea what was going on. Yeah. She was doing something else. Yeah, um, yeah, that really got me. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, if I've only cried in two movies as well, actually. Really? Actually, sorry, no. No, there are two movies I haven't cried. <laughs> <laughs> Predator being one. <laughs> no, no, I cried in Predator. That poor Predator. Just wanted to kill people. He just wanted, um, to, just wanted to, to get involved. Um, okay, well, there you go. That is that is very good trivia. Now, I should crack into uh, a bit of an overview of the movie. I mean, a lot of people would have seen this film, but um, basically it follows the journey of, let's call him a simple man mm-hmm. with a... With a mental disability yes but it follows his um journey through life but in sort of concurrently running is the history of america yes the 50s 60s and 70s so we go through the vietnam war um there's a lot of political references Mm -hmm. references to things like aids and the post-war time in the u.s and the whole um, massive amount of um, protesting, etc., that was going on. Yep. So that's sort of running in the back background. But this Forrest Gump character, who starts off in life with without an ability to to even walk properly, mm. he has to have his back straightened, yep. and he's what's he shaped like a question mark? Or whatever <laughs> the doctor says, right? <laughs> and the big braces around his legs, and yeah. yeah. So he's got it's all up against him, but yeah. he never. He doesn't sort of ever give up and he's persistent. Yes. Well, the thing about the film, um, 
at the beginning, remember the scene with the feather is mm-hmm. floating around? Mm-hmm. The whole sort of theme running through the movie is that, you know, life's sort of moving and shifting and you've got to go with it. Yes. And it's like destiny versus taking chances and yep. taking advantage yep. of situations. Yep, going with so the this wind. this character just exactly blows with the going wind. Going with the wind. There's right. a lot of wind references, a lot of wind in references the music as well. Oh, exactly. Yes, yes. Um, so I think it's an awesome film. Love love the movie. I've seen it probably four or five times at mm. least. Mm. Um, apparently the, the Vietnam War uh, scenes, when the vets watch that scene, they think it's one of the most realistic war scenes as well because wow. you never see the enemy and how the speed of the attack, etc. Yes. So it was filmed really well. Yeah. Um, and just... Yeah. Almost point of view stuff. Like you kind of, you really are. And, but I think you'd also associate yourself so much and connected so much with Forrest Gump by then seeing his childhood and seeing mm. all that and seeing the way that he went to the Vietnam War. And you kind of, you really connected for him and felt for him. Yeah. So to then see him in that situation, it felt very real. Being Absolutely. You wanted to get with the, the gunshots coming past and it, it, it yeah. did feel, feel very real. Yeah. 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 And he obviously, um, him and his mate Bubba, Bubba doesn't make it through. Obviously, sorry for the spoiler if you haven't, spoiler. <laughs> haven't seen it. Didn't warn before. That's Didn't okay. Warn. No, look, um, look, it's been 26 years. You probably should have seen it yeah. by now. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, a bit of a sad scene with Bubba. Um, but um, interestingly, Bubba, there was lots of people who tried out for that role. One which was Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Auditioned really? for the role of Bubba. That would have been wow. interesting to see him in that. It just This blows my mind, these things, when you, when you see these, because you just don't. You can't, you can't think of it. Yeah. You can't even picture it. Any other person playing that But character. then again, if he was Bubba, if Tupac was Bubba, we could be... That would have been in, awesome. We could like, be in 2020 going, remember Tupac? Yeah. Great rapper. Or, remember we played Bubba too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could, and that was just, that's, just, that's just the world. Exactly. Anyway. Um, I'm going to see if you can get this. Uh, you're going to have to guess this, oh, here we I go. reckon. So, oh, here we go. You know the Lieutenant Dan character? Yes. Of course. Yep. Um... When he, when Bubba and Forrest Gump arrived to the Vietnam um, camp or wherever mm-hmm. where they're stationed, mm-hmm. he says, "You must be my FNGs." What does FNG do you reckon stand for? Fucking you guys. Yes, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't research that before. No, I didn't. You smashed it. Yeah, that's good though. <laughs> I suppose it's self-explanatory, but at the no, time I was always thinking. What's that mean? The, yeah, the I, national... I, I researched yeah, that. Something sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I know great. that you're going to go into detail about the music soon, but... Um, oh, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, there is a, a lot of, of there is a lot of music. Oh, it's packed. So I can't go through all of it, but but when you hear the titles, you'll just know that they're classics. I think I think mm-hmm. this episode is going to be good just to say just to say that Forrest Gump soundtrack had some of the greatest songs of all time. Absolutely. And, and a lot of them, and not much really needs to be said about no. them. They're so, classics. Yeah. Um, there's a funny scene, a reference to uh, Midnight Cowboy. So when Lieutenant Dan's going across the road and there's a car driving, I think he's on the, in the wheelchair, he goes, I'm walking here, walking here, which is Midnight Cowboy. But playing in the background is the same song for Midnight Cowboy. Everybody's talking now. Oh, so they do a nice reference Nielsen. to that. Oh, lovely. So good. Yes. Um, and the other interesting thing before I hand over to you for the music piece yes. is... Uh, which band mm-hmm. had the most songs? Maybe you already know this, but which band had the most songs in this soundtrack? By a long way. The Doors? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Six songs. Wow. So they had uh, Soul Kitchen, Hello, I Love You, People Are Strange, Break On Through, Peace Frog. Wow. Love Her Madly. Wow. Okay. Yep. So they had a lot of references. They did. 
They did. Because doors, 60s, 70s? 60s, 60s, yeah. Yeah, mostly 60s, 60s, which is where a lot of the songs are. Late 60s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. What's that? Midnight Cowboy. You know what that reminds me of, though? Seinfeld. No. What? Back to the Future 2. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm walking here. (laughs) But it's the same director. Is Back to the Future 2 the... Like the the counterpart, but is it like the center of the <laughs> of, of the, the film time, universe of the universe timeline? <laughs> I think so. Do you know everything what I mean? refers does everything does it all cover? It is all that the moment? Is that the point that everything is built upon? The universe is imploding. Okay, right. all right, all right, okay, um, all right. Well, let me tell let me tell you about the soundtrack. It, as we know, Forrest Gump, nineteen ninety four, mid nineties, great, great. A great era of music, a big change in music, actually. Mm. And you know how much we love 80s music. Oh, yeah. So to come out of the 80s, I think people wanted a bit of a – they want the 80s, 80s music generally, let's be honest, is pretty positive, pretty upbeat, mm. very cheesy. Mm-hmm. 90s, it went a different way, didn't it? Yeah. A lot of music, which I'll talk about in a, a second. Lot boy bands, a lot of boy bands. Yeah, boy bands and um, some, some very – Big vocals in, in female bit artists. Of dance. And bit of dance. Bit of kind of gritty hip-hop and mm. um, alternative rock, which I'll talk about. But, yeah, anyway. Um, so the Soundtrack itself was released on the 28th of June, 1994. It had two discs with 16 tracks on each. It's monster. massive. It's, it's huge. It's a monster. It's a monster. Once again, Victor, yeah. I'll reference Victor. He bought this he bought the, um, CD. He bought the double and disc. And it was regularly on. Yes. Well, I mean, you could put that, you could play that on repeat. You've got 32 songs there ready to go. <laughs> you could play it on repeat and you would hear amazing songs and be happy every single time. Mm. Now, in case at the time, in 1994, mm. you thought that the soundtrack didn't have enough songs on it, a collector's edition was actually released in 2001. Okay. All right. Seven years later, with two additional tracks. <laughs> Just to put the cherry so, on top. What were the so, two extras? So a hold you. I'll go through that in a sec. I'll do right. that. Um, <laughs> so gonna, a hold you release. A hold you. Yeah. Two extra songs we're going to do. A whole new release in 2001, and there were two extra, two additional tracks. Just as a little gift. Okay. Thirty-two wasn't enough. No. They needed thirty-four. <laughs> anyway. I don't know what the reference, what the uh, the um, importance of thirty four is, but anyway, it must be something. Um, and now, as we said, the score of Forrest Gump was composed by our friend Alan Silvestri, who we love. Um, and the score soundtrack was actually released separately uh, as Forrest Gump original motion picture score, right? Released on the exact same day as the music soundtrack, okay. or as the song track, as some on Twitter have suggested that these albums be referred to. Oh, so we I had a bit of a, a I, I know that I well I know that I showed you this not not a beef. I didn't have a beef. No. But I had a back and forth with someone. A couple of professionals well, having a difference. Yeah, I had a back I had a back and forth with someone on Twitter and they pretty much said and, and he was a scorist. I don't know if you have, well, I don't know what the term you'd say, but I would say scorist, scorist is okay. probably well actually no cuz sexist means you're against. So he's not a scorist. He's just he's pro score. Pro score. Okay. And so he, he and, a, and a community of pro-score people, I, I've been informed, don't like the fact that, that albums with songs from the movie are referred to as soundtracks. Okay. He um, thinks they could, should be called song tracks. I've never heard of a song track. Neither though. have I. So he thinks that a soundtrack is the music from, the, the score, the music that's been written for an orchestra for the movie. Mm-hmm. I said to him, well, when songs aren't sound, then we can talk. But anyway, we, I don't want to get back into the beef. 
But what it so when you research a soundtrack though, it comes up with the songs that it are does. in the movie. It does. And often the musical score might be a couple of tracks in that album. It may be on the album. Is that what happened with the Forrest Gump soundtrack? Did they put in a couple of There was one. Just one. There was one. The Forrest Gump suite from so had, had all of it in one. Well, I, well, it may have been, yeah, it may have been the main, the main yeah. melody, and maybe just you know the score kind of compact. I think that's track. that's a good balance having. And I think another one of the problems of the the, the pro scorers yeah. was that also um, there were a lot of which we discussed in our last episode, um, but there were a lot of songs. It was the last episode of the episode before. It was the Beverly Hills Cop episode oh, right. where there Two were a lot episodes. of songs that were on the track. Because they, or was it last episode? There was a lot of songs on the soundtrack that were from the era, but not, but not features in the movie. Oh no, either. it was not really Beverly Hills Cop. It was Top Gun. It was Top Gun. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't like that. Okay. He said, "Give me an example of a movie where all the songs on the soundtrack are featured in the actual film." Yeah. And of course, my first thing I said was "Back, back to the, the Future." future. Yeah. yeah. But there Which, is a bunch. And therein we come back to the fact the center that of the, the center of the universe timeline must be Back to the Future. <laughs> anyway. uh, all right. So, uh, so it was released on the same day. So the soundtrack and the score released on, and you don't often get the score. I mean, there are some fantastic score albums. Mm. Mm. Braveheart comes to mind. Gladiator oh, comes yes. to mind. Love them both. You know, there are some amazing score albums where you think, well. Mm. That's that's the album from the movie. The yes. score is the movie. Yes, because in the movie Gladiator, you're not going to have, you know, popular music. You're, not, you're probably not going to have Aha. Your period pieces. No, that's right. Yeah. Although Aha would probably put their hand up. They for would it. have a crack. Yeah, and they would go number one in Norway. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so anyway. Um, so the soundtrack jumped from number 34 to number 7 on the Billboard 200 uh, albums charts on July 30, 1994. The next week, it moved from 7 to 3, and it stayed mm. there for a week. Then it reached its peak position of... 2? Number 2. 2-2. Two, two. Yes, okay. on the charts on August 13, 1994, and it stayed at number 2 for seven weeks. Yeah. Okay? So it was album. in the charts for a while. It was in the charts for a while. It didn't quite crack it, though. Mm. And there's a lot of very good songs on this. Now... With the amount of great songs on the album, it is it is quite surprising to see that it didn't go too well in the charts. Well, I mean, number two is very good in the charts, but I am surprised to see that it didn't crack number one number with one. the amount of songs. But what was it competing 32 with? great songs. Well, mm. there are actually, well, there are no songs on the album that were written in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, which is understandable since the movie isn't set near the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also may have to do with the fact that the music wasn't really popular enough to hit the heights at that time, I don't think. Um, the mid-90s were a great time, as I said, for alternative rock. Yeah. So a lot of bands that were in the charts at that time were Stone Temple Pilots, Counting Crows, Soundgarden, The mm. Offspring, mm. Green Day, and Ace of Base. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, in saying that, though, now this is a funny, this is a funny fact, though. Um, in saying that, you know, well, of course, it is a soundtrack and whatever. It wouldn't have cracked the, the heights of number one at that time. In saying that... An album that stayed number one on the charts in that year for nine straight weeks was a soundtrack. Right, okay. 94. Do we know what soundtrack it was? Nine straight weeks. And this is probably Mm. why it didn't crack the number one. But it was a soundtrack. That's why I thought, well, it was a soundtrack. You know, there were lots of bands coming through and people probably didn't want to listen to soundtracks, even though the songs were great. But the number one for nine weeks was an actual movie soundtrack. Can you give me a clue? Ah, the Lion King. King. Nine weeks at number one. Wow! At that time, in that same at that same time, and in 1994. 
goodness me. Mm. Yeah, okay. So there you go. It makes sense and it obviously has been turned into an amazing theatre production and all that sort of stuff. Of course, of course, of course. Um, And I remember, so it came out in 1994, nine weeks on the charts, number one, 1994. In 1995, you and I went to see it at the cinema for Mm -hmm. Tim Shaw's birthday party in year six. And I remember that when um, the young Simba, no, when Simba's son or daughter, I think it's a son, came out at the end when Simba and Nala had a child in the final scene that we go back to the start and Zazu's there and all the animals are there at Pride Rock again. And I just remember that there must have been some sort of quiet part or whatever there um, and you stood up in the cinema and yelled, they did it! (laughs) (laughs) Referring to sex, I think, as a year six child was pretty hilarious and still is to this day. Um, (laughs) So there you go. That That was good. Tim Shaw's birthday party. It was a good one. Um, all right, so should I go through the track listing? It's Please. a bit of an essay, but let's go through it and wait till you hear some of these classics. Now, funnily enough, it kind of annoyed me a little bit when I looked through the list of the of songs because it was ex- the way that they're ordered were extremely close to being um, chronological, but but didn't but weren't weren't exactly that annoyed me. Yeah, when I saw the if list, you're I saw do the it, years. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Um, because obviously the movie, the movie's chronological. Mm. Um, anyway, so wait till you hear this. We've got on disc one, number one, Hound Dog, Elvis Presley. Oh, yes. Number two, Rebel Rouser, Dwayne Eddy. Number three, I Don't Know Why, But I Do, by Clarence Frogman Henry. Number four was Walk Right In by the Rooftop Singers. Number five, The Land of a Thousand Dancers by Wilson Pickett. One, two, three. One, two, three. Which I always remember from Fern Gully. Remember Fern Gully? Oh, yeah. It was another very an good Aussie movie. Aussie cartoon, wasn't it? Aussie American kind of combo thing. Was yeah. it? I thought it was, it was an Australian Aussie. One. Yeah. Well, I think it was set in Australia, but it was American. Oh right. Okay. Sorry. But I, I think they I wanted they... to set it in Australia, but it was American movie. American made. Yeah. Um, so great song, "Blowing in the Wind" by Joan Baez. "Fortunate Son," Creedence Clearwater Revival. When the helicopters Revival. are coming in. We love that. I mean, that that I think is maybe the most notable song from, yeah. from the movie, which I'll, I'll talk Definitely about in a sec. Three. I can't help myself. Sugar pie, honey bunch in brackets.
performed by the four tops. Respect, Aretha Franklin. Like, do I, uh, this is just, is this a collection of the greatest songs? If you've got any grey-haired people coming over Between for a party, the 60s and you 70s. need to throw this Oh, Forrest Gump soundtrack, just, that's your party. They will f- drop the cane and they will get a boogie on. <laughs> a shizzle. We've got <laughs> number 10 is Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. Interesting Title, that one. Hmm. Uh, great song, though, by Bob Dylan. Number 11, Sloop John B by the Beach Boys. California Dreamin' oh. by the Mamas and the Papas. For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. What the world needs now is love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of what the world needs now. By Jackie DeShannon, later, later, later covered by Bert Bacharach for, for Austin Powers. Powers. Well, maybe not for I love Austin it in Austin Powers, Powers though. It's a great, oh, it's lovely. And it's, it's also the, the last bus. song um, at the end of the movie finishes, I think. Or is that on that Tour of Love DVD? <laughs> I think it's the tour of love. Tour of love being when we, when we went with with eight friends to Gold Coast and and uh, filmed, filmed filmed the whole, whole thing, thing and, and turned it into a movie. And as we were talking about last night, actually had a premiere on a red carpet in a church hall and invited all our friends and family to then come and see us drink beer and get naked, which yes. is yeah, very really odd, odd in retrospect. Very odd in retrospect. But anyway, mm. we thought it was we thought it was cool at that time in our early twenties. Number 15, Break On Through to the Other Side, The Doors. Mm-hmm. We mentioned them earlier. Uh, number 16 on disc one, Finishing Strong, Mrs. Robinson, Simon and oh. Garfunkel. The Simon and Garfunkel live in Central Park concert. you seen that? Yes, on YouTube. One of the best. Incredible. They are incredible. They are incredible. Did we see them together? Uh, we did. Yes. We did. And we are, like Goose and Mav, we are... Miranda and Gorfunkel. We have been called Miranda Gorfunkel. We have. We are the in Miranda our, and Gorfunkel in our of our past. Our we have covered a lot of their songs and we do just... I just feel like we have their same vibe. <laughs> I just see... When I see Art Garfunkel, I think, there's my best mate. Love it. Couple of bookends. Look, Look at him. Couple of bookends. Sitting on a park bench. All right. Disc two. Mm-hmm. Number one, Volunteers by Jennifer... Not Jennifer... Disc two. Jennifer's brother. Jennifer's brother. Jefferson. Airplane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's airplane. All right. Number two is. It's get- all about diversity these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, that's right. We're renaming all the bands, remember? We are, we are, we are. And Forrest Gump is now, uh, well, Forrest is quite feminine. Um, Number two, Get Together by the Young Bloods. Number three, this is disc two, by the way, San Francisco. Love San Francisco. To, to San Fran, bloody Cisco. <laughs> also, in bra- yeah, yeah, the remix. Uh, in brackets, be sure to wear flowers in your hair. I love that. A lot I love of, that a lot of these songs have brackets. Me too. There's a lot of brackets in this, and I we love need to the, bring back, back the, the brackets. brackets Hashtag bring, bring back the br- brackets. <laughs> try and say, try and say, back. try and say, bring, <laughs> try and say, bring back the brackets. But bracket back. Bring, <laughs> Bert Bracken back bring the bracket Here we go, guys. Coming out on stage now is Bert Bracken back with his song. Bring, bring, bring. All right, so, and it's a long title, a lot of long titles. So you've got San Francisco Brackets, Be Sure to Wear Flowers in Your Hair by Scott McKenzie. Then number four on the second on the second disc, Turn, 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 in brackets, To Everything There Is a Season. 
Stoned Love by The Supremes. Um, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by BJ Thomas. We're only up to track 10 on disc wow. two. And think, think about what the songs we've covered. We Raindrops rain rain keep dropping keep on dropping my head. Up, yeah, that's falling. also made famous from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, isn't it? I, that's the bicycle sure. scene where she's on the front of the bike. That is The Simpsons. Every, my, Everything's been referenced everything by, is by well. And this is how I actually have developed my knowledge of the entire <laughs> universe is by... Through Simpsons, through Simpsons references. references. Yeah. But I never know where they're from, so there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, number 10 is Mr. President Have Pity on the Working Man by Randy Newman. Okay. Yep. Uh, 11. You know Randy Newman? Now, Randy Newman's the guy that does a I, lot of the I know music. I the Toy for, Story guy. Yes. Yeah. For Toy Story. Yes. You got, got a friend, friend in me. That's, That's right. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's an interesting character. He's an interesting character. Number he l- actually, I've done a little bit of research on him. Mm-hmm. He's really famous for making um, up, like writing songs about historical people and like okay. historical times and. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lyrics of his songs are really deep. So if, right. you, if you go and do, do a little bit of Googling of him. Yes. And, okay. look at, and look at the lyrics of his music. Okay. And he also tries to uh, portray the character mm. that he might be singing about in the song. It's really interesting. On that surface, he's just the guy that sings cool songs for Toy Story. Yeah. But there's a lot more. There's a lot more to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And music aficionados out there would probably know all this, but yes. us being. We're like, just touching on the surface. We're, we're, we're simple men. We're Forrest Gump yeah. in a podcast, really. I'd love to call a special guest and have them talk for an hour about Absol- Randy Newman. Absolutely. Maybe we'll do that. We might do that once we get a following. Once our, once our followers get up there. I think we're up to 22 at the moment. Good. Um, number 11 on second disc right. is Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. Jackson Brown, It Keeps You Running by the Doobie Brothers, number 13. Number 14, I've Got to Use My Imagination by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Number 15, oh now hold on, I've actually, sorry, Running on Empty going back to number 12 was one of the additional tracks in 2001. So not originally on the soundtrack, Running on Empty. So there you go, that needed to be there, 2001. Mm. Interesting. No worries. Um, And number 15 actually wasn't. I'm going through the, the collector's edition now. Number 15 wasn't on the original, and that is a good edition for 2001. 
go your own way, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good addition. It's a cracker. But was it in the movie? Uh, don't know. Don't think so. Don't think so. I'd like for people to comment on comment, Twitter. Tell us on Twitter. Was or it in the film? At, I don't think so. At Soundtrack Guys mm-hmm. on Twitter or Soundtrack Pod at gmail.com. There's two options. Oh, no, Soundtrack Pod is the email. Yeah, at gmail.com. Yeah, I think that's the email. I think, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 16, maybe not originally 16, but On the Road Again by Willie Nelson. Against the Wind by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. And number 18, as we said earlier, the Forrest Gump Suite, um, conducted by Alan Silvestri, which was eight minutes and 48. So yeah. I guess the best parts I of the score. I think it sampled all the parts of the score. Even though there was a score album released the same day, as we said, they you know, you, you'd like to have it. It's a beautiful score. It's a lovely, the Forrest Gump Suite. Didn't we talk about the Forrest Gump Suite before in our first episode about, and I said that my daughter uh, danced to it in ballet oh, and it made me cry. Right, yeah. It made yeah. me cry. It is, it yes. Is, it was lovely. It evokes it emotions. Lovely. And when you see young children, especially one of them being your daughter, dancing to it on stage, mm. it's going to tear you up. I don't care who you are. No. All right. Um, so let's go through some of the songs. Obviously, there are many, many, many amazing songs on this soundtrack, song yeah. track, whatever, but I can only go through a few, so I'm going to go through a few of these okay. um, and see how we go. So number one, Fortunate Son. As we know, it speaks out against the, the war at Vietnam. That's the purpose of the song. Yep. Um, but was supportive of, of the soldiers fighting there. Um, now, like many CCR fans, most of the soldiers came from working class. Mm. And they were there because they didn't have connections to get them out of it. Mm. Um, the song is sung from the perspective of one of these men who ends up fighting because he's not a senator's son. And there was a book written about George W. Bush um, called Fortunate Son because you know he was obviously didn't go. Mm. Wonder why. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of where, where it came from. Um, and like Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, however, it's often misinterpreted as a patriotic, patriotic anthem. 
um, when it's actually the opposite. Yeah. So when you hear some of the lyrics, you know, some folks born made to raise the flag, you think, yeah, yeah. you know. But it's, it ain't me. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and same with born in the USA. A lot of people think, yeah, that's, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. an American anthem, but oh, you know, it was the opposite. It's actually really um, funny in Canadian Bacon, which is a comedy. I've, you probably have seen it. John Candy. Uh, I think probably It's towards ago, the end yeah, of John yeah, Candy's yeah, right, right. Um, you know, comedy. Yes. They're singing born in the USA and pro-American um, style, but yes. none of, nobody can remember the verses. <laughs> And then they get to the verse and then just go back to Bull. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So it's exactly portraying. And that. I think that maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the, the verses were probably a bit too, bit too deep, deep to kind of remember, remember that people just attached to that and now think it's like the American, yeah, born in the USA. <laughs> um, now, Fogarty, uh, John Fogarty of CCR recorded a bunch of vocal takes for Down on the Corner before singing the song right. and as a result his voice was very strained which you can hear on the it's quite apparent on the song so the reason why his voice is quite like quite you know raspy yeah. is because he'd been doing a, a whole bunch of vocal takes for down on the corner another great CCR I like song it. Um, now Foggy doesn't actually own the publishing rights for the song he lost them along with a lot of other songs he wrote for CCR and his contract with uh, Fantasy Records um, oh. so he doesn't actually own the rights of the song which was a problem um, in 2000 because Wrangler Jeans Use that in commercials, taking only the first two lines, some folks are born, made to wave the flag, ooh, that red, white, and blue, implying that patriotic misinterpretation. <sighs> but he couldn't do anything about it. He was furious, couldn't do anything about it. Um, How do you lose the rights? So like, just years go by and keep yeah. up your paperwork or something? Well, no, just signing. There are just in a lot of... I mean, there's a big thing about Taylor Swift when she first started and she... Sign with a big label that then right. that then own the rights to her songs the T's because and C's are they're the, parts of that's part of the deal. Yeah. So early on, I suppose um, you don't really have the and power is, and to is control now, that. And is now even looking into because she's now such a multi-millionaire is now looking into recording all of her songs again, like re-recording every single one of her songs, so it, so she can then own the rights to each song. <laughs> so um, so anyway, it does it does it happens quite often. Right. Um, but it's it would be very furious to have written it as a yeah, as a, pro- as a protest it. song to then yeah. be used as an American anthem in a, mm. in a commercial. Mm. Um, kind of completely just takes out everything that you wanted to do with it. Mm. Um, Wrangler's director of advertising responded by saying that the brand heard the song as more of an ode to the common man. The common man is who we've been directing Wrangler towards. Uh, interesting, interesting. Um, and it was featured in the movie as as Forrest is en route to serve in Vietnam, as we know. Uh, the next one is Blowing in the Wind. Now, Bob Dylan claims that he wrote this song in about 10 minutes one afternoon. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me Wouldn't from Bob. He put the words to a melody of an old slave song called No More Auction Block. Okay. So there you go. Um, there's actually a rumour as well circulating about this song, Blowing in the Wind, that he didn't write it and that it was actually written by a New Jersey high, stu- high school student named Law Wyatt. 
who sold it to the singer. Mm. Dylan said he did write the song and Wyatt denies authorship, but several students at the high school claim that they heard the song from that kid before Dylan ever sang it. Oh, <laughs> but that sounds it, like it, us claiming it, heaps good. Well, but that's all. That's true. That though. is true. That's true. No, <laughs> nice shout out to Maddie Morrison for listening right now. Thank who, you, Maddie. Who doesn't uh, believe that? But we can talk about that later. Um, now we know that it's played in the movie. It's well, the Joan Baez version is played in the movie and it's on the soundtrack. Yeah, and it's played in the, in Forrest Gump um, with with Jenny. Yeah, we know Jenny. When she's Starkers. When she's, yeah, when she's Starkers, she's in a, a strip club performing as Bobby Dylan. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> homage to Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, she's sitting on a stool naked, playing a guitar and singing. And when the drunk men start to get a little bit fresh, Forrest mm. tries to. That's right. Step in and Forrest save her. gets fired yeah, up. That's right. Yeah. Um, another song, Bob Seger, Against the Wind. What a song. Great, Great song. And we love Bob Seger. We love Bob Seger. From Beverly Hills Cop oh, Shakedown. Yes, we love Bob Seger. Um, he said of this song, my old friend Glenn Fry, nobody. Yeah, the nobody. <laughs> had an idea that our guitarist Drew Abbott should play along with the piano solo. He and I went out and did the background vocals together. Now the line, we talked about this line off air before. Um, Wish I didn't know what I didn't know then. Wish I didn't know, know now, now what I didn't, didn't know then. then. Sorry. He said it bothered him for the longest time, okay. but everyone knew everyone that he knew loved it, so he left it in. Um, he later clarified the only thing that bothered me about that phrase was the grammar. It sounded grammatically funny. I kept asking myself, "Is that correct grammar?" I liked the line, and everyone I played it for um, was saying that's the best line in the song. But I couldn't shake the feeling that it wasn't right. But I slowly came around. So there you go. How do you interpret I get that. that line? I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. It does sound off. It's probably it's. But how, what do you interpret from that? Does it mean anything to you? Wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. You mean what? That you've got too much knowledge. Yeah. It's it's, al- it's almost sometimes better to to not know. Remember how we were watching the we were watching the, us in our twenties. Yes. Like I yeah. know our twenties we should have probably been a little more grown up. A little more sensible. Don't hire out a, a church hall and invite all your families and friends to come and see you naked. Yeah, yeah. but it's like we were, we were young and innocent. Yes. There was not much trouble. We didn't have much to worry about. We didn't about know the deep way. issues. Yeah. And do you wish that you didn't know them now? Yeah. Right. What if you just continued to live yeah. in that sort of frame of mind and like forest. Exactly. 
Spot on. We can all learn a lot from Who Forrest. we learn a lot from. Forrest Gump. Simplicity. <laughs> Love it. Simplicity is the key. Next one, <clears throat> Mrs. Robinson. For the graduate in 1967. Now, according to Art Garfunkel, you, mm-hmm. Michael, you are Art Garfunkel. Garfunkel. This song may have never been recorded had it not been for the graduate director Mike Nichols, who asked for the duo, who asked the duo for songs for his film. Garfunkel said that at the time the tune was a trifle song we were about to throw out. So the, the cutting room floor for first for those for guys, Simon, like, the cutting room floor for Simon and Garfunkel is, is, the treasure is Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> Nuts! You are kidding me. Um, anyway, but when the Nichols heard the early version, the director when he heard the early version, he heard something in it and asked Simon to adapt it for the film. Um, now, according to the making of feature in the Graduate, Paul Simon didn't originally write a full length version of the song, only the verses that are heard in the movie. After the movie became a hit. He finished lyrics and recorded the full version that's known today. So from going to throw it out to, mm. yeah, well, you will write some verses for the movie. Movie's now a hit. Finish the song. Possibly, well, probably the most well-known Simon and Garfunkel song. Mm. Um, I mean, there are many, but that's certainly up the top and probably the most well-known song of all time. Mm. So anyway, um, the song won a 1968 Grammy Award for Record of the Year, and it's played in as Forrest receives the Medal of Honour for his service in the Vietnam War. That's right. Um, yeah. uh, and so the basically la- single-handedly pulling out about 15 dudes. Yes. Remember how he runs back and yes. forth and back yes. and forth? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Again, a simple man. Yeah. He had a simple equation, and, yeah. he, and he did it. He did it. Didn't think about himself. Didn't think about self-preservation. Thought about... That's a, that's this a is really my duty. This is what I've got to do. Cool scene from the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, and the, uh, the only other one, which I've just thrown in there because I love it, one of my favourite songs on it, and it's probably not the most pop, you know, it's not mm. the most well-known song, but my favourite song is San Francisco. If you're going to San Francisco Great song, very well known, but yeah, I, I for some reason I just really love it. Um, it was one of the big hippie hits during the Summer of Love in 1967. Yeah, of course. And many peace activists flowers and folkies wore their flowers in their hair, and so that was a really good time for it. Um, it's played as Jenny moves to San Francisco, fittingly. Um, and I remember it. Where do you think I remember it from? Where, where, where do I get all my knowledge from? Oh, Simpsons. The Simpsons. <laughs> um, Lisa gets a horse. 
Uma. Oh, she right, ends up okay. having to give it away because Homer's working two jobs and he just can't do it anymore. Um, anyway, she plays San Francisco on the sax. And it's just a great rendition. Oh, and I wow. just love the song. Yeah, so there, there you go. go. Um, so really, really love the song. It was also on San Francisco was actually on, and I've never been able to find this cassette. I had a cassette growing up, probably in the 90s, of a lot of old 60s, 70s songs oh, right. called Golden Oldies. And it's the actual bands playing the songs and stuff. Yeah, it was just, I think it was just a mixtape or just a, okay. a compilation cassette. Oh, right. Sorry. And San Francisco was on there and um, mm. Rock On. You know that song, Rock On? Yeah, it was on an ad. That song, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were lots of just songs. And, and over the years, I've never found that cassette ever again. I've never found a digitized version of it anywhere online or anything. Mm. Golden Oldies. Mm. Um, and, but as the years have gone by, over like 20 or 30 years, songs have come out and gone, that was on there. Mm. And I would oh, rem- you remember. Yeah, it. so I've slowly, yeah. as a, I've heard a song that I haven't heard in years, I'm like, hold on, this song, that was, that was awesome. on there. And I'm, building so the I'm slowly piecing together the songs that were actually on there, yeah, um, oh, cool. which is one of my favourite cassettes that I ever had at that time yeah. um, and introduced me to a lot of the older music yeah. that my parents enjoyed. That, I reckon with the Forrest Gump soundtrack, Obviously, you've reeled off all the great songs, mm. but I would have heard most of them already before hearing them in the movie because my parents would play them. Yes. Not in that album, but in different albums. Exactly. Or on the radio stations we would listen to and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I, it was almost like reaffirming them as quality songs. Exactly. And then when we got the album, yeah. my dad would play it all the time and parties yeah. and stuff. And, and I, I would hear that. around that time as well, I remember. Yeah. And I think a lot of the songs, I would say that a lot of the songs on the album I know because of the mm. soundtrack. Yeah. Um, because everyone had it, and it was such a. Our parents would have loved it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't sure. necessarily wouldn't have been cool for the for the young kids at the time listening to Offspring and Green Day and Ace yeah, of Base. Yeah. Um, but uh, but certainly our parents and you know anyone that, that had was been there and just loved those songs way was to just get them all together. A perfect way at that time, yeah. A double disc CD at that time with all those songs on it. Didn't mm. have to listen to the radio. Didn't have to pull out your old LPs with all of this on it. Mm. It was all there on a CD. CDs were the thing mm. um, perfect yeah, perfect perfect I mean you've mentioned all the songs the one song that I'll pull out I know that I could have mentioned many mm. but I like um, to every season turn 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 is that the brackets turn turn that's turn? the bracket turn 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 to every I, I do I, love that song I uh, think it's a great song um, if that, you're in a sort of thoughtful frame of mind around your phases of life and all the stuff we're going through at the moment you know everyone's in well lots of people are in lockdown or going mm-hmm. through restricted Mm-hmm. Uh, living arrangements at the moment, mm-hmm. and just the way that those seasons will, will pass through, exactly, and let it wash over. And there's you a time and for everything. Forward, exactly. There's a time for everything. Roll with it. Go with the wind. Be the feather. That's the whole theme running That's the through. The whole some theme. Of these songs. So that 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 song almost encapsulates the theme of of the whole yeah. movie. Um, and it's actually was 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 based around a Bible verse. So there you go. There you go. There no you wonder. Go. The lyrics were based Catholic the Gauchy. There you go. It's now now hitting you hard for your roots. <laughs> um, so there you go. So. Um, I mean, fantastic. Sweet Home Alabama, Joy to Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I mean, I mean, just think about it. The songs on here, Respect, you know, Aretha Franklin. It's really a snapshot. I mean, I think that's what, that's as you said, what they were bringing into the movie. They were trying to bring all these historical moments from the eyes of a simple man, as you said, which is the same as your life, you told me. <laughs> um, you said it's pretty much the, the documentary of your life. But yeah. um they brought all those big, huge moments from the eyes of a, of a very, very simple mind. Um, but because of that, the music is essentially a snapshot of those periods and that yeah. time. Um, 
which is amazing, which is essentially history in an album. So we <clears throat> said we were going to cover 90s, but we pretty much covered 60s and 70s, really. <laughs> but when you think about it. But we did, but, but avoided 80s. So actually, this is fantastic. It's still a win for us. So not only did we actually get out of the 80s, which we thought we never would, we um, found a movie from the 90s with songs from the 60s, 60s and 70s. 70s. There you go. <laughs> How would people today remember Forrest Gump, in America especially, Without even having to look too far. I don't. Or they go for dinner in Bubba Gump. Ah. And there's like apparently 40 restaurants I just read. 40 restaurants. 40 Bubba Gump restaurants. Shrimp. It's become a success in itself. Just shrimp. It's in lots I've of different ways. As you can see, Liam, because today you can't see on you, the soundtrack. You can't see on the soundtrack, but Michael's holding, holding a, a, a magnet of a license plate that says, Mama says I'm special. And it's from Bubba Grump Shrimp Co. And uh, Belinda and I, Belinda, my wife, uh, and I had uh, dinner at Bubba Gump in um, Miami Beach. Yes. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Santa Monica. Yes. Other um, side of the country. Yep. yep sorry. And um, I was starting to feel ill. Little did I know that I'd be out of action for about three or four days. Oh, dear. With a bad illness, but I couldn't not eat my dinner, which was a massive <laughs> bowl of shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those moments where I knew that I needed to get in bed yep. and start shivering and shaking. Yes. But I just but ordered a massive bowl of shrimp. Wow. So Forrest Gump really has connected with you. Yes. I needed to In many, that. many ways. Yeah. Deeply. If the people that don't know Michael um, and haven't seen him, he's a very large, very pumped. <laughs> gentleman. Ripped gentleman. Very, not an ounce of fat on him, but large. Six foot three at least four and eyes of, and eyes of blue. blue and it's red hair red fiery hair like eyes like fits of hell fits of hell and arms like tree trunks <laughs> <laughs> um simpsons again anyway uh so wow so that's 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 really that's affected you yes you had to i had to do you it had to and so americans today would be constantly reminded of forrest gump every Definitely. time they walked out and so bubble gum shrimp. And and we're we are all also constantly reminded of Forrest Gump because one of the greatest lines, which is perfect for the year that we're living in and what's happening right now, we're gonna end on. And that is something else that Mama says. What does she say? She says, Life is like, like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. See you later. That was sound.